Hi, I'm Julie Morgenstern, and welcome to Time to Parent, the podcast that will give you more time, less guilt, and deeper joy. This week is our first mini episode. Instead of digging into one of the eight components of parenting today, we're going to talk skills. In the book, Time to Parent, I outline four key skills I've identified as unique to the parenting years that help us juggle from one role to the next. This episode is all about mastering what I call mindful transitions. Parents are constantly switching between roles. They're execs at work, moms or dads at home, confidants to their friends, supporters to their extended family. And all this switching, all these different hats make it hard for parents to be fully present in any one space. All the quadrants blend together and nothing feels under control. So mindful transitions are a tool that parents can use to address this issue. The key here is to set your intention before you cross any threshold. I work with parents all the time who have trouble mastering these transitions. And this week, you'll hear a coaching session I had with Kathy Doyle, the Vice President of Podcasting at Macmillan. She has a 25-year-old son and a 20-year-old daughter. We'll start with Kathy telling me about the issue she was having. Then I coach her using mindful transitions. Kathy's kids are older and out of the house, So we end this coaching session with Kathy examining how her own role as a parent has changed as her kids have gotten older. Can you give me an overview of the issue that you were having? So my issues relate to my children being out of the house Mm -hmm. and my being just a very busy mom, right? Like so many of us. Mm -hmm. I have an issue with my daughter in particular who's 20 When she calls me from school, oftentimes we're both pressed for time. And I do, I think, what probably a lot of working moms do, and she calls me on it. I slip into work mode. And she calls, that's her term, not mine. Mm -hmm. She might call me with a question or a problem or, you know, an issue with a grade or a professor. And I automatically slip into, how do I fix this for her? Mm. So I start rattling off, okay, Here's what you need to do. And that's not necessarily what I think she needs. Yeah. So that's an issue that I think I could just use some guidance in terms of how to better meet her needs across the board, right? Because we do want to fix the problem, but she also has other needs that perhaps I'm not addressing at that moment. Right. So what she's calling work mode, quote, unquote, work mode is really fix-it mode. It's your work style. Is that what, like when you're at work, you're a get-it-done person. People come with problems. You're fixing them all day. And then when you kind of try to uh, switch to family time, you're still in fix-it mode, the same hat you use during the workday. Got it. So that's really interesting. So I think that one of the things as we, being a parent, we are during the parenting years, juggling a lot of different roles, right? We're one person at work. We have a different role with our kids. We also, as a human, might also have like friends that we're trying to spend time with. And I think we all can have a tendency, if we're not conscious, to carry over where we were 
into the new place. And then we're not who we should be or how we should be. And we're not connecting and present in the new space because we're carrying over an old thing. Right. Yes, absolutely. So I think one of the things is because we are switching roles and play different roles in different places, it's really, really important for parents to learn how to switch gears and to be mindful about switching gears. Because if you're not conscious, you won't switch gears and you have that sort of spillover. Um, And so what I teach parents, it's really a very small tactic that's very simple and very easy to measure and do, doesn't take much time, is to make it a practice that before you cross any threshold, and that could be when you are leave, when you come home from work, if your kids are on the other side of that door, let's talk about it in very you know concrete terms, you leave work before you open the door to the house, turn off work, take five minutes, pause, and set your intention for what you want to achieve on the other side of that door. And if your daughter is in a place where she's now 20 and not 11, and what she doesn't want is for you to fix her problems, but she wants to be heard and maybe empathized with, and somebody bear witness, mom, please bear witness to my struggles, like, and just validate I'm not crazy for having these struggles, which is probably more like she's getting into adulthood, right? As adults, that's mostly what we want from our friends and our family is just, do you understand how hard this is? I think you're absolutely right. I think that's more what she's looking for as opposed to, you know, she she's a very mature 20. So yeah. you're right. She can probably fix that problem on her own. She doesn't need me to say, yeah. you know, these are the six things you need to do. Yeah. But I think you're right. I think, too, the empathy. I have to be more mindful of not just the transition, but of giving her emotionally what I think she needs. Kathy is exactly right. Her daughter is at a point in her life where what she needs is empathy. And by taking a moment to pause and set her intention before every phone call with her daughter, Kathy will more easily make that transition from executive problem solver to empathetic mom. After the break, I talk with Kathy about her changing role as a parent and how she can move from teacher to emotional validator for her daughter. Stay tuned. Before the break, we heard from Kathy. Every time she talked to her college-aged daughter on the phone, Kathy felt like she was in work mode. She had a hard time making the mental transition from exec to mom. I told her to instead take five minutes and mindfully transition before talking to her daughter. She needed to set her intention before she crossed the threshold. And her intentions for these phone conversations needed to be more about empathizing and making her daughter feel competent in her own right than solving her daughter's problems. Now we jump back into that conversation with a look at some research by a psychologist named Dr. Lawrence Steinberg. You know, there's another thing uh, in the book, Time to Parent, in, in a chapter called Teach, which it can sort of infuse what we're talking about here. 
I, I pulled some really interesting stuff from a guy named Dr. Lawrence Steinberg, who is one of the brightest psychologists on children's development. And he pointed out that at each age and stage of a kid's life, because they are developing before our very eyes, right? And we actually don't even notice when they slip into a new phase. And then it's hard for us to keep up. Very true. So we can really be baffled. Like, what does this kid need from me? Like, I used to just fix a problem. They were like, oh, mom, you're a genius. Thank you so much. Yeah. And now you're like, don't tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. So one of, the, one of the stages that kids need their parents to do for them is when they're infants, he says that a parent's primary job is if you're unsure what to do with your kid, when they're an infant, it's to make them feel safe and secure, snuggled safe, because the world is this big place they're flopping around in. As they get into adolescence and later adolescence, they need to, what they need us to do is to help them feel more capable. And that that is a different role. That's so true. It it requires me pulling back more. You're right. That is the trickiest part about raising kids is that they keep changing and it's, and, and then all of a sudden one day it just, and you're like, we get attached to certain parts. Of yeah. the parenting role and the certain yeah. stages we love and we're really good at. And then they switch and you're like, whoa, and you have to keep up. But it can be baffling. So uh, true. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. That my role has to change with their growth and development. I never thought of it that That's way. That's exactly right. You still have a really important role, which is not to fix the problem, but to make her feel capable of fixing that problem. Yeah. And that would change your intention when you cross that threshold. My threshold, my, my, as you're making that transition is, what is my intention on the other side of this door or the other side of this phone, right? There's a virtual door, even when you're FaceTiming or on the phone with somebody, which is my intention is to make my daughter feel more capable. I'm going to need to write that down and keep it with me at all times. And right? how would that change, just hearing that yeah. intention, how do you think that would change your interactions with her? I think I would slow down. I would hope. I mean, I think it's such great advice, and I would. I think what I would like to be able to do is to really just step back and pause before I answer her. You know, as I was saying earlier, I'm just a busy person. We're all we're all busy as working moms, but I think if I can make that transition and step back and try to be more aware before I start talking of what the intention is, mm-hmm. I, I think that's really valuable advice. Mm-hmm. And I think another thing it could do, if you really think about it, is if your intention is to make someone else feel capable. Yes. When they bring up an issue or a challenge or a frustration, maybe you just ask, what are you thinking of doing about it? Turn it around. Turn it, so one uh-huh. is empathize first. Oh, my God, that sounds so frustrating. Or that's another thing I learned in writing and writing the book and talking to a lot of psychologists and psychiatrists about what kids need is they need us to validate and often articulate their emotions because uh, it's almost being like an emotion coach. I, I know when I was raising my daughter, I was terrified. I was a fix it too. I'm an organizer. So I'm a miss, miss fix it everything. Give me a problem, I can fix there it. There you go. They're a little mess, I can straighten that up. And I was always really afraid of my daughter's, what I would call negative emotions. 
negative meaning if she was angry or if she was sad or the unhappy emotions because I didn't know how to fix it and it would create great distress in me. And one of the things that I learned in writing this book and researching and speaking to experts and psychologists, et cetera, is that you don't have to fix kids' bad feelings. What they need is your help in expressing them because it's hard sometimes for them to find the word to express what they're feeling or to feel like it's normal. So does it feel like this or does that sound right? And and then they're like, yeah, that's what it felt like, like, like enraging <laughs> or, you know, I felt so, you know, dejected or rejected or just to have the words. That's what we need because I think once we can name something, we just feel like, yeah, it normalizes it. And then the next step is, so, you know, what are you thinking of doing about it? And just listen to her ideas and then give her a little feedback. Well, that sounds great. You're on the right track. So turn it around. Give her the opportunity to answer her own question or solve her own problem. Yeah. And try and just take a step back and be more mindful before I respond yes. off the cuff or in rapid fire fashion, which is so often my style. Yeah. Okay. And maybe you need that mindful transition before you call her. You literally take a pause and breathe. Listen to a little music that slows your own tempo down. And you make a transition from I am not an executive worker fix-it person. I am a nurturing mom that my daughter wants to share her stories with. And I just want to receive them and acknowledge them and make her feel capable of fixing her own issues. And it's a different payoff. Yes. The payoff is not we've solved a problem. It's not transactional. The payoff is we had a nice moment together where just being in each other's company, no matter what we were talking about, felt soothing or felt joyous. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah it's true. And, and it's just a different measure of success than do it people who are like, I got that done. I got that done. Yeah. This is, that felt really nice. We had a nice experience together. We didn't fix anything. We, we felt each other. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. As we come to a close in this episode, I want to reiterate the key points we learned. To move between each of your roles as a parent, think about mindfully transitioning. Before you cross any threshold, from work to home, from time with your kids to time with your spouse, from time spent with others to time spent alone on a little bit of me time, take a few minutes to pause Ask yourself, what is my intention on the other side of this threshold? For Kathy, it was to listen and empathize with her daughter instead of reacting with solutions. Maybe for you, it's to be more present with your partner or really make your contribution that day at work. Whatever your intentions, be mindful and present at turning points to make shifting roles that much easier. This has been the Time to Parent podcast, and I'm Julie Morgenstern. My new book, also titled Time to Parent, is out now. Buy it wherever you get books or at the link in the show notes. 
You can find more information on my website, juliemorgenstern.com. If you like the show, please be sure to leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen. We're looking for questions from you. Do you have questions on how you can balance your time as a parent? Email them to timetoparent at macmillan.com. This show is produced by the very amazing Becky Celestina. Editing help from Alyssa Martino, Alexander Abnos, and Katie Ferguson. Thanks also to the wizard of Julie Morgenstern Enterprises, Tatiana McPartland, who manages to keep us organized so we can keep you organized. See you next week.